Hello, I'm Luke. Hi, I'm Dave, and welcome back to the Unbelievable Meat podcast. Um, yeah, I think it's about a month since we did the last one. A lot has happened. Yeah. I think Britain has been through one, possibly two prime ministers. Three, yeah. uh, yeah. if you count Heather Trot, which we'll come to in a bit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah um, how are you doing, Luke? Yeah, all good, mate. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too shabby. Tired, but otherwise fine. Um, we are back with an 11 this week. What do we have, mate? We've got a, what is it, a Pokemon 11, haven't we? Yeah. We've gone a bit, a bit, gone a bit, a bit, bit retro here, like back to our childhood. Um, so yeah, we've done a little, uh, Pokemon 11 and as always, 99% of them are a little bit tenuous, but oh yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So uh, first up, I think he's just moved to Fenerbahce now, mate. I've got Joshua Nido King. Yeah, Joshua King. Yeah, good, good. I like it. I've got a um, classic Martin Squirtle. <laughs> I've got a uh, Bolton legend, Johan Charmander. Yeah, nice, nice. Psyduck Berahino. <laughs> I think he is also... Oh, no, he's playing in Cypress now. It, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Does, does he play for that? Uh... A.L. Limassol, I think. That's it, yeah. yeah. He, where was he before? He just sort of like he, disappeared. Spurs were yeah, linked with him every He went season. to somewhere in Belgium, like Leuven or something, then he went to Chef Wednesday. It's quite a random yeah. career. He's a bit of a uh, Ravel Morrison, isn't he? In yeah, respect. He's like, I don't think, you know, I don't think he's quite that sort of. I think Morrison's like a proper Morrison would have fit him well in the Medway pajama gang, but yeah, I think yeah. Sada Berahino is just like a bit of a moron. Yeah, he's a bit of a he's a he's basically Ravel Morrison and Peter Odenwenge's love child, isn't he? Ravel Morrison and Peter Andre's love child, <laughs> Peter Andre, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just totally insania. Um, right, how, got... how surprised would you be if Ravel Morrison and Peter Andre turned out to have had an affair? Uh, I'm not sure I'd be that, that surprised. Shocked. No, because no. I think, you know, it's quite plausible that Ravel Morrison puts on his sort of bad boy image to, to mask his homosexuality. And uh, I think Peter Andre probably is bisexual anyway, and he's sort of like you know he's quite effeminate. Yeah, it's uh, it's entirely plausible. So you heard it here first, like with Louis Spence and Danny Murphy. <laughs> yeah, and then Number what one, was I mean, it they that... had? Did they have a penthouse in Chester? I believe. Yeah, yeah, they've got yeah a little penthouse in Chester, not in Cheshire, but uh... no, no, not 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 anywhere near Russ in a Russ in Cheshire and his sex blog. Um, <laughs> Gerard Piquetru. Brilliant. Uh, another another throwback. Muzzy Diglett. Muzzy is it? Nice. I've told Diglett. my Muzzy. I've told my Muzzy is it story on the show before, at least once, <laughs> possibly twice. Yeah, he's he's, no he's, need he's to a, do he's it a, a third time. He is Adri- <laughs> Adrian New Two. <laughs> Brilliant. And that is actually his name, just said slightly. Yeah, it is. Just spelled differently. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, uh, ha- Harry Harry Quagsire, Harry Quag Quag Harry Maguire. <laughs> yep, Ryehorn Jigs, and probably a Ryehorn probably is as as hard as a totem pole. Yeah, Ryehorny Gigs. Ryehorny Gigs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think. What do we have as a team? Uh, pa- Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's potentially any like managers. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was trying to think of. It's weird what like this game makes you do. I was trying to think of, of like finishing up work and trying to think of Pokemon that rhymed with like <laughs> Roy Hodgson, and I was like, "What am I doing with my life?" But oh, here we go. I've got any. one. We could have one. Martin Jolteon as the Martin uh... Jolteon. Nice. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, gaming is the manager. We we both occasionally uh, just send pictures of Martin Yol to a woman on Twitter who supports Spurs. <laughs> we do. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, it's well received because... Yeah, she does I, like Martin Yol. I, 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 I mean, who doesn't? That's very Apart true. From, um, well, Daniel Levy, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Spurs fans. And, you know, it will always be an infamous Spurs manager because I think... It'll, it'll always be an infamous football manager because I think he's the only football manager ever to be sacked at half-time, isn't he? He's got to be up there, yeah. And also the only football manager to a brother named Dick and Cock. Is he really? Yeah, did you not know that? Yeah, his brothers are both <laughs> football coaches and they're called Dick, Dick and Cock. Yeah. One of them coached at Spurs, I think. Oh, cock y'all, dick y'all. You can check this whenever. It's genuinely I, true. I believe that. But do you know what? How lucky is he? I bet his brothers hated him. He's yeah, the only Martin, one with a why normal does he name. Get a normal name? <laughs> He's the only one with a normal name. He's the only one that really sort of made it as a football manager. I wonder if that was what prevented Dick and Cock. Maybe they were the better managers. But yeah, because they, but they had such phallic names, it held Maybe them they were like ghost managers, you know. They they were like ghost writers, and Martin was just the face behind Dick and Cock's mastermind because he was more PR yeah. friendly. Dick and Cock in the bungalow. I'd watch that. <laughs> Only if the Dem bungalow and Martin was living in living in a bungalow in I don't know, Walthamstow. <laughs> To be fair, Martin Yold does look a little bit like the cat off of Dick and Dom in the bungalow, doesn't he? I've never thought about it, but now that you mention it, yes, I suppose so. A bit. A bit. Let us know if there are any other famous animals, real or fictional, that you think look like Martin Yold. We'd be interested to hear. Did you uh, talking of Dick and Dom in the bungalow? I watched uh, an episode the other day, not actually of Dick and Dom. It wasn't really an episode; it's just a YouTube video where they was reunited with one of their worst. Oh, the, the kid who was the bogeyest kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. I watched it this like, morning. Started attacking them with uh, with the a, a, a massive mallet and stuff, yeah. and punching the cat's head. <laughs> I, ge- I genuinely watched that about 7am this morning. It's the first thing I did after I woke up. Brilliant. I like that you had that as your alarm. Yeah, basically. 
my oh, alarm brilliant. went. I checked my phone. I went on YouTube, and the first thing that was recommended to me was Dick and Dom reunited <laughs> with Naughty Seven. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what though, Dick and Dom are like. Everyone sort of looks back at them as a little bit sort of cheesy, but they were like sort of. I don't know. They took massive risks in some of the oh, shit. Oh, big they time! Did. I thought what it is quite fun. It's quite cool. Yeah, they were actually sort of like. I don't know. Everyone. They're I, kind I, of ahead of their time. Yeah, I always feel like they're sort of lumped into that uh, sort of cheesy presenter category, but actually they were quite uh, like I don't know. They were quite good at what they'd done. I thought. And I, I didn't realise how like uh, successful in the bungalow actually was. Apparently, it got yeah. massive numbers at the time. Oh yeah, I'm sure it did. To be fair, I can remember watching that with my dad, and even he found it funny. So, have you ever lived in a bungalow? Uh, yeah, I have actually. Yeah, for about six months when I when I lived with uh, my father-in-law. Oh, fair enough. How was it? How was the bungalow? Uh, yeah, it's all right, actually. It's quite nice not having to go up the stairs to go to the toilet and stuff. Did you have any bunga bunga parties like um, Sylvia Berlusconi? We only, uh, we only drunk on bungalow whilst we oh. were there. <laughs> <laughs> I've never lived in a bungalow, but I have lived on the ground floor of a building. Where I had the whole ground floor, so it was basically like basically a bungalow. Isn't it? it was a bungalow, but someone lived above it. It's like a de facto bungalow with like some sort of animal living in your loft. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like a big Dutch raccoon. <laughs> um, rude, rude raccoon. Rude raccoon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, I don't really actually have a good segue to this, but um, did you see the <laughs> Rishi about Rishi Sunak? That was um, yeah. His after becoming PM, his Wikipedia um picture was changed to a picture of Heather Trot off EastEnders. Yeah, Big brilliant. Heb, more brilliant. than I mean, whatever. It's been like a decade since they killed her off, and yeah, yeah, she's, she's still, still going. A cult icon. I mean, regular meat listeners will know that uh, you know we're big fans of Hev. Um, so I don't want to sort of you know plant any seeds, but uh, let's just say there was something extremely meaty about that picture being changed. You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, you know. I wouldn't possibly know what you're saying. <laughs> let's just say we might know who was responsible. We then might. again, we might, we might not. We might not. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, but yes, yeah, superb. Anyway. I mean, it's probably one of the most British things ever that we get a new head of state and uh, his picture is replaced with a, a soap. Well, I don't know what you'd class her as, but a soap legend. I would call um, him a cult hero. Because yeah, I feel yeah. like like a Corrie legend is like Phil Mitchell. Yeah. Whereas yeah, I think that yeah, Hev was more of a like Hev was a yeah, cult icon. Yeah, if we're talking in football terms, she's definitely a cult hero and uh yeah. like Phil Mitchell or whatever a legends, legends of the game. 
But uh, yeah, it's like Phil Mitchell's Zidane, and uh, Heather is, you know, Gabriel Batistuta. Yeah, <laughs> Marcelo Salas of Curry. Um <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. You'll never, you'll never hear that cross reference made anywhere else. No, and this is the won't. content we give you. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you could choose one soap character, past or present, to be Prime Minister for the coming term, who are you choosing? Oh, good question. See, I'm thinking it needs to be someone fairly sensible, wouldn't it? I was thinking three words, Norman Curly Watts. Think about it. He knows about running fresh coat. So he's good with yeah. the economy. He's quite well educated. He, he got some A levels, but yeah. he's also had experience in the working world from when he was. I think he was a bin man for a bit. I think I'd so, make him a minister. I don't think uh, I'd have him as prime minister. Do you not I think, think he's I'd got the charisma? As... No, I think we'd need someone like Dev Allahan as uh, PM. Oh, Dev would be a great prime minister. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or potentially. I mean. I'm thinking again. Another ministerial spot would be like someone like Roy Cropper. Um, yeah. I don't think he's Ken... quite got the backbone to be PM. Oh, I think Ken Barlow would be a good PM, actually. Yeah, yeah, he would be. He's uh, mm. he's talked his way out of Nonsen and stuff, so you know he could probably de-escalate. <laughs> probably de-escalate. You know, potential third world. Yeah, I mean, war. sorting out the crisis in the Middle East is. Um... You know, it's easy once you've got got out of allegations of being bald nonce, Mark Two. <laughs> yeah, I think um, trying to think of any other sort of like potential uh, people in the offing there. Like, if say for instance, uh, Steve McDonald's just stood down and we're we're having a having a uh, leadership election. I mean, Jez Quigley would be a good shout because he's quite tough, but then I'd have him maybe as defence minister. I think Jez Quigley is not to be trusted. Yeah, but is any politician? True. I I reckon Marlon Dingle would be the leader of the opposition because he's sort yeah. of sensible, but also he would never get into power. He would not yeah. vote for that man. And you'd have like, Zach would be like Dennis Skinner. And, Again, uh, a, refer- a reference that you won't hear anywhere else. <laughs> Dennis Skinner, the Zach Dingle of the Labour Party. You'll have Butch on the back benches. Chancellor Shadrach. Yeah. Shadow Chancellor Shadders. I, I, I never understood why they caught because, like, they're a weird family, aren't they? Dingles, and they've all got like these weird sort of like. Yeah, like chastity. Yeah. Yeah. Charity, chastity. Yeah. And what was it? But Shadrach has got to be the most, uh, like, Caribbean name ever. I reckon it sounds (laughs) Irish. (laughs) I reckon it's like, I reckon it's, do you know, like, where you sometimes see those people who've got tattoos that are in, like, Korean and they actually say stuff like, right tattoo here or something. Yeah. yeah. I reckon Shadrach is just like a word that has been picked out of a Gaelic dictionary and it probably means something like really it random. Means like, like 
shit house in Gaelic or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Do, do you reckon he spells it with a Q? To be here? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he's that cool. If I, I reckon, if, uh, I reckon you've got to be cool to have a Q anywhere in your first name. What like Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah. I don't know though. Quintin's quite. Uh, it's uncool, isn't it? I'll tell you what you have to be really cool for. You have to be really cool to have the word majesty as part of your first name. Like yeah, your especially majesty, if it's Jackson. your majesty. <laughs> your majesty. Oh, brilliant. I can't remember what I used that in recently. What was it I was telling you about? I can't remember. Uh, I've, How... I've, I think I can convinced someone that it was someone's name that I knew. How do you think your other half would have felt about you trying to name one of the kids Your Majesty? Do you think it would have gone down all right? Uh, Your Majesty Mills sounds quite good. It's quite a good name, yeah. To be fair, I, I don't know. I might have to test the waters because if we were to ever have another one, that's definitely in the, in the running. Your Majesty Mills sounds quite good, doesn't it? Sounds it does, yeah. Sounds like an R&B star. Yeah. yeah. Destined for fame, that. Or like a really good championship winger. Like a really yeah. fast winger, yeah. Yeah, like John Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've sure. got another another news story for you, Luke. We talked about the Dingles, more Yorkshire stuff. Um, and we spent about five minutes laughing about this before we came on air. From uh, the Huddersfield Examiner, Yorkshire man's tormentor's mystery stranger keeps yelling porridge through his letterbox. <laughs> and the quote from the quote from a victim is, I'm at my wit's end. If this is you, grow up. <laughs> Do you so, think... Yeah, the man, the man says he keeps hearing someone yell porridge through his letterbox. Sorry, go on. Uh, well, I was going to say, I wonder if we can bring this full circle in some sort of like Poirot-esque way. Do you think this is Dick and Dom trying to revamp their career? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, instead of bogeys, they're just shouting porridge through some... Porridge through someone's letterbox. What, what did he say? What, did, what, what was his take on it? Um, apparently the mystery neighbour has been shouting strange things about porridge through his letterbox at odd hours during the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, it's in Booze Town, Halifax for the last three, three weeks. The man who we have anonymised is at his wit's end and is pleading with the porridge whisperer to stop immediately. <laughs> the porridge whisperer. Here we, here we go. He wrote a Facebook post. Apologies if this post is not allowed, but I am wanting to get to the bottom of this as I'm at my wit's end. <laughs> I live at Range Court Flats in Booztown, and for the past three weeks, someone has still been opening my letterbox, flapping in the middle of the night and shouting porridge. <laughs> Sometimes it's porridge time. Papa Bear. <laughs> Eating before he just called Papa. Said in a <laughs> oh. I want to see like a six part Netflix series on this instantly. 
Luke oh. is laughing so hard that he blanked Brilliant. off screen. Oh. <laughs> I just love the fact that someone's terrorising this man by shouting, eat, eat it before it gets cold, Papa. Oh, papa. I love <laughs> porridge time, Papa. Man. <laughs> but there's no porridge involved. You can imagine like someone throwing porridge through the letterbox while shouting it. But there isn't even porridge involved, so no. what is he doing? Who knows? What would you, you do if it's the I... ghost of a Quaker? Uh, that'd be quite cool, actually. <laughs> would you rather that someone um, threw through your letterbox a load of porridge or a load of chubby custard? <laughs> uh, probably chubby custard, because I could just get Nunu to suck it all up. Good, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is brilliant, man. That's probably one of the best things I've ever heard. <laughs> Someone get in. Get it. What? I want to find out a, who's we, doing that. My, uh, I mean, I don't think we have enough listeners for this to ever get back, but so I work for a food delivery company and we had a saga a few years back where a guy got in touch with us and also went to the papers because Someone kept ordering loads of pizzas to his address <laughs> that he hadn't ordered, and they'd done it so that basically the guy would have had to pay when the pizza delivery guy came. <laughs> the delivery guy turned up with like six pizzas that hadn't been paid for, and this oh, guy had no. to try and explain that he hadn't ordered the pizza. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing if you get it delivered to your house and someone's paid for it on their card. Oh yeah, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine, but, but no. But <laughs> to have just pissed off delivery drivers turning up. Yeah. Expecting you to pay for six pepperoni pieces. No, it's mean and it's not acceptable. And I feel for the guy, but it is also a bit funny. Yeah, it's quite funny. I've never understood that either like I mean, everyone's probably done it for a laugh when they were younger, like, oh, did a, a takeaway to someone on their street and watched the people turn up and laughed or whatever, or ordered a taxi to someone's house. I, I mean, think I've done I think, I think when I was a teenager, I'm sure I've ordered a taxi to someone's house. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. I mean, when I was younger, there was a guy on our road who used to make us, uh, like, pirate DVDs and stuff, like, and pirate CDs. He was like... Probably the only bloke on the estate that knew how to burn a CD off before everyone else. So he was like well popular with everyone. And uh that was my that was my brother. Like that was his yeah. like role on the estate. Basically well, there you go. He, he he knew how like Kazar worked in yeah, two thousand and one and everyone was like, Whoa. So he, he so used people to do... like my yeah, my neighbour had come round and like bring like Albums he'd borrowed off his mate and be like, Can you burn yeah. these for us? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was always asking, like, Oh, have you got this album? So that he could borrow it and rip it and burn and it, it off yeah. for everyone. But he had loads of CDs and stuff. But he used to sort of like have a chat with us and that. But we used to wind him up a little bit as well. So we, we used to regularly, because we could see his house from my cousin's bedroom. So we used to regularly like order shit to his house and that and just watch it. Or like a taxi or whatever, and just watch taxi drivers get really pissed off. And uh, I remember we'd done it's... it so much at one point, he got really annoyed. 
and was like just casually chatting to us. He had no idea it was us, but he was saying, oh, tried to go out the other night, but we couldn't order a taxi because they won't come to my address anymore. Because they thought, because they thought he's, but it's yeah, it's quite funny because yeah. his, uh, his wife at the time looked like uh, Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. And uh, so she, many uh... unexpected references <laughs> and comparisons tonight. But it's, re- it's really weird, right? Because she didn't, he just was to like, check, she, did, she didn't look like Dee Dee. She looked like Dexter himself. She looks like Dexter, yeah. She was short, had okay. short hair, glasses. But she, uh, like I didn't obviously like we grew up and that and didn't see him for a, as as regular as we used to, and then like I'd catch up with him and I remember I just caught up with him once and was like oh how's things in that and he's like oh yeah all good, and he's like getting into his fifties at this point and his wife had left him, become a lesbian, he married a some African woman, uh, and started getting tattoos in his fifties. And the whole, it was just like, what the heck? And he was like taking his shirt off in the middle of the street to show me tattoos of uh, like demons getting shagged that he'd had. Oh, I was, I was hoping he'd get like a tattoo of every album he got burned. <laughs> like the yeah, cover no, he got art the, of everything. He got, he's like, he's here's, got my alien, near, here's my near alien, my alien ant farm is a Napster <laughs> logo. Yeah, here's my Dr. Dre 2001 tattoo. Was he, this uh, your cousin he, who uh, looked like Marlon Dingle? No, no, no. He he was like he, he's about well eight years older than me, so oh, he, he never oh, I never really hang around with him. But uh, no, he, um, yeah, it's just weird. He's like, oh yeah, look at these tattoos that I've got. He took it off and he had this like tattoo of like a it was like a pinup girl with devil horns getting shagged by some sort of demon. And it's just like oh. This is all a bit weird. Put your shirt back on. Go burn me the latest, I don't know, uh, no FX album. Yeah, a- Aqua album. He uh, <laughs> he did have the Nero logo tattooed on his back, though. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, I mean, bur- the, the CD to... burning program. Yeah. <laughs> Did you oh, yeah. did you ever did you ever shout the word porridge through his letterbox? No, but I did used to knock on his door and hide behind his car, and he never knew he was there. Which Didn't was, uh... someone put a picture of Steve Buscemi through your door once? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, when in my old house, I had like a porch out the front, and uh, I can't remember if they knocked on the door and then went. Or whatever it was, but I walked out and it was like it's one of those houses where my front door there's like a little walkway and then it was someone else's back door, so there was wasn't really much room. It's like an alleyway sort of thing. And I came out, I think I'm up so, so uh, yeah, yeah, basically Can... it was it, it was massive. It was like an what's the what's the is it A three? It's like a big bit of paper. A <laughs> three is a big bit of paper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like A3 size. And like and it was like glossy paper as well. Was it colour, black and white? And what was what was Steve Buscemi doing on the picture? It, it was colour. Yeah. Uh unlike Someone, some someone's of... gone to a bit of effort then. Yeah. They've not yeah, just printed in black glossy and white. Sort of photo paper, A3 glossy oh, okay. photo paper. Uh and it was just a sort of like close up of his face at some sort of like red carpet event. 
Did you ever find, I know you don't know who did it, did any of your neighbours report anything similar or? No, 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 it's honestly one of the strangest things ever. There was like a bit of a rough family at the end of the road that sort of like were friendly to your face, but you also wouldn't put it past them, if that makes sense. Because like they knew that other people didn't like them and they saw me talking to the people that didn't like them. Do you think they but do you think they knew who Steve Buscemi is? Well that's what that's what almost rules them out for me is because I don't think they knew. So it's like I don't think they would know who that is, which is what's even weirder. Is that there's just no one that I know that I think would do that. It's just odd. I I mean part of me thinks it was Steve Buscemi himself. How often do you think about this incident? It comes up every so often. Uh, Did it happen in Plymouth or back when you lived in Medway? No, in Plymouth. Is it like in my yeah. last, the house I lived in before this one? Okay. But yeah, it's Could so it... random. Yeah. Hmm. Talking yeah, of things uh... that are very, very random, Luke, one thing we both watched this past week is... Dance is Eurovision, the legendary Eurovision documentary yes. with Samson, and I think we need to talk about it because I don't yes. know how much of it is satire and I don't know how much of it is legit, but it is one uh, of the most David Brent things I've ever watched. I definitely think the satirical stuff or the piss-taking stuff comes from his... Uh, agent or producer or whatever yeah Ricky himself. the but guy who was in the Cuban yeah, boys yeah yeah he's got yeah he's got Cuban boys all over his office isn't he yeah um but he's like I think he just thinks it's just one big piss take because he because he quite obviously says no that song uh that song shit uh or you know when he when he suggests the song teenage life to him he's like yeah it's just crap um, but I don't just the whole thing is incredibly early 2000s cringe. It is. I mean, you've got Daz Samson in his double denim, and yeah, if you've never, dressed if like you've some never sort of seen, Albanian, if you've never <laughs> seen the video for the Eurovision video for Teenage Life by Daz Samson, I'll try and describe it. It's a man, yeah. Dressed like the kind of man who would try and codger a cigarette off you outside a branch of Sports <laughs> Direct. Yeah. Um, with a load of girls who look like they're about to be brought home from doing their GCSEs. Yeah. Um, it's a man he, who looks far too old to be hanging around with girls that are that young. Yeah, and especially doing it and singing about six-form chicks that misbehave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's very it's, suspect. It's quite a watch. He refers to himself repeatedly as the people's champion and in yeah. the third person. At one point, he compares himself to Paul McCartney. Yeah. One, yeah. one thing he does say is that the two most embarrassing things that happened to Britain are Margaret Thatcher and a Gemini who did Cry Baby, uh, which is probably true. But Yeah, true. Yeah. Where did he come, though, in Eurovision? Like, 15th or something, he didn't do very well. Yeah. But Lat Latvia, he got Lat uh, f- like the first place vote from Latvia, and nobody else voted for him really. But Brilliant. Latvia loved teenage life. Yeah, like well, 
he's quite popular in Eastern Europe, isn't he? Because we found out yeah. that he's gone on to represent Belarus. Uh, yeah. And uh, I he think... was a football manager in Poland, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know? I had a little look into that, and it, I found pictures of him in like, uh, you know, tracksuits at football grounds and stuff. So he, he's like, he's obviously done some sort of coaching, but it's just, I, I think he played as well, didn't he? He, I know that he was, um, because I just know about this from a mate in Box County. He was like a youth team or reserve player at Stockport County, and I think got injured. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, didn't work out. So he uh, entered Eurovision and created the Crazy Frog. He did, yeah, that is correct. The (laughs) Crazy Frog. I'm convinced he's created that. Yeah. I believe, Luke, your son is a huge Crazy Frog fan. Can you confirm? Oh, yeah, he loves it. Loves the Crazy Frog. Both of them do, to be fair, but he is... He's a big, he's a crazy frog ultra. Ring, ding, Loves ding, it, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that that whole documentary is just really weird. And, One uh, of the things that's really interesting about it is like how he tries to make Avondale and like Avondale High School and stuff, which I know. So I went to sit for him and stuff, but I had friends who went to AV. Um, he tries to make it like look like the Bronx. And it's like, yeah. this, it's just where I used to have my driving lessons. Uh, it's all yeah, right. It's like, he says, doesn't he, on, on, on the song, Teenage Life, Avi gets a mention. It, says, it, it all does, went yeah. downhill when he signed for Avi. And it's like... What, what that means, I don't know, because I don't think you sign on for a school. But, no, uh, but, but it's just like, I don't know. He it is not like some, I don't know, it's not Compton in 1988. It's just like... A slightly boring bit of stop but Yeah, it's not great. But, you know, look at him now, Mr. Tomine. Yeah, Mr. Strop McTominay uh, mentioned in a song. <laughs> I love the fact they get him on and he's progressed to becoming head teacher. Yeah, and he disputes Daz Sampson's whatever it is. He's like, yeah, no, that's I wasn't it. even here when that happened. Yeah, he's like, no, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember telling him off because he makes a big point of saying that he stuck his finger up to Mister Tomine in a music video. I think that was a bus stop, wasn't it? <laughs> bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody uh, was going through fighting. If you've never heard of the um, band Bus Stop, I would advise you keep it that way. <laughs> Just yeah, don't, basically don't just... waste. There are so many things to do in the world that are not listening to Bus Stop with Ricky and Daz. Just I mean, if you think about it, the charts or just actually just sort of like, uh, I don't know, but it was just everything was like crammed with that sort of music at the time. And it's just like, uh, Sped up, yeah, like cotton old Joe. songs, yeah, and yeah, that, that's what, the, Cu- that's what the Cuban boys did. They had one that yeah. was, um, I've forgotten the name of it, but they basically just sped up a Roger Miller song, Roger Miller, the uh, 60s country singer, not the 
corner flag not, not... gyrating Cameroonian footballer. <laughs> um, but no, they just kind of sped it up and then made a couple of noises on it. And they're like, here you go, this done, is a, uh, a single. Rhinestone Cowboy. Rhinestone Cowboy with Glenn Campbell, Glenn Campbell just looking delighted at being around loads of 25-year-old women showing their cleavage wearing big boots. Yeah, it's just odd. To him. But there was loads of songs like that at the time. And I mean, when I get a flashback now, all I can think of is like chabs playing it on their phones when phones first started being able to yeah. play music. Jamster ringtones. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of that sort of era. Like like people unironically had the crazy frog as a ringtone. And what we have to tell you, if you were not around at that time and are listening now, it was shit. It's yeah, funny it now, but it was it was shit. Yeah, it was shit. Like and, the early two thousand, we've talked about it before, is such like a nadir for pop culture. I mean, yeah. there were obviously great things, you know, um like Muslim driving school and hole in the wall yeah. with Dale Winton, but you know, not <laughs> really, everything really, was that good. I was really worried about what he was gonna say there, mentioning the early two thousands of Muslims driving. He's okay, going to Muslim... reference 9-11. I was not. No, I was uh, <laughs> just talking about Muslim driving school. Yeah, that was superb. Because there was another programme, wasn't there, that was out at that time. Was it, Um, I think it was referenced on TV Burp a couple of times. It was like car- caravanning or something like that, where these people used to, they used to film themselves towing a caravan to go away on holiday. Uh, and it was just people getting really angry with like their other halves reversing. That it. sounds all right. Well, it sounds shit, but it sounds kind of fun. Do you remember <laughs> the first like, one? Do you remember what, the what first one they had? Muslim driving school. No, I was sorry. I was about to say the first one they had with like driving lessons. It was this Welsh woman called Maureen Reese. That's it. Yeah. I've forgotten what the show was, was called, crap. but it was her. I think it was, was just terrible. called driving school, wasn't it? Yeah, she failed. Yeah, like. I mean, they should have renamed it to differentiate it, like non-Muslim driving school, secular <laughs> driving school. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, she was like awful. She failed her test like 12 times. Yeah, yeah I remember that because she was like dozing off on the motorway and stuff. Maureen, if you're listening, we would love to get you on the show. Talk about yeah, driving get school. Her on. If she's still alive, she might. She had a she had an episode of This Is Your Life when it really? got really, really kind of naff at the end. They had Maureen from driving school on, and several people who tried and failed to teach her to drive. Wheeled out the car that she crashed. Yeah, pretty much. That was basically it. Brilliant. Well, yeah, if she is still alive, um, then get in touch. We'll have you on the show. Uh, talking yeah. of people still being alive, I found someone who recently passed away. He was labelled the world's dirtiest man, uh, and he died. Was it, Le- just... was it Leslie Grantham? <laughs> no, no, he wasn't dirty oh. in a pervy sense. Oh, okay. Um, he was literally just a grimy bloke in Iran, uh, and yeah, he apparently he he lived began living a remote lifestyle. He was well educated. Um, discuss the pros and cons of the French Revolution. 
uh, and how well the Russian Revolution turned out for people. So he was like, you know, well versed in. I suppose when you're busy, like uh, debating stuff, you haven't really got time to have a shower, maybe. Well, he's he's sort of. I think he just talks to people that want to listen because the pictures that I've seen of him. Uh, I mean, I can send you a picture after this, but he's just sleeping on a rock, uh, using like a boulder as a pillow. Like that, um, um, what's he called from In the Night Garden? Yeah, he's like, he's basically, yeah, he's a human Macapaca with big feet. That's it, yeah, uh, yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, he just was really dirty. And I think, I'm just trying to find the headline here. Uh, yeah, so he was 94 and died just months after being persuaded to have a wash. Now, the headline well, suggests that's, that's that what killed him. What killed him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, going to stop having a wash because I don't want to die yet. So it says Amu Haji reportedly gave up washing 67 years ago after becoming convinced that it would bring him bad luck and even kill him. Sadly, he did. He did, in fact, end up dying shortly after he had a shower, yeah. though no link has been established. Well, I think a link has been established because wasn't washing, stayed alive. Had a wash, died. It says, simple, mate. State media in Iran said that he died at the age of 94, although previous media reports about him in January this year said he was 87. That having a wash, having a wash really aged him. Yeah, I've so bad for him that he he aged seven years. So basically, when he was in the news in January for having a wash, he was 87, and then he died in. October and he was 94. So, yeah. Maybe time the, works differently in Iran. Maybe they've got a different the, calendar. Says the, the hermit known as Amu Haji or Uncle Haji, a term of endearment for an older man who lived in Iran. Uh, Do you remember Mustafa Haji? Mustafa Haji? Yeah. Who was he, that? Played for a, he played for Coventry in like the late 90s. Uh, and he had a teammate called Yusuf Chippo. They were both Moroccan, and they nearly bought my mate's mum's house in Leamington Spa. Really? Yeah. They went round to look at it when my oh, mate, my mate from uni, I didn't know him at the time, but because his family were going to Dubai for a couple of years, they wanted someone to stay at their house for like a couple of years, and Mustafa Hadji and Yusuf Chippo came round to look at it. Apparently, they were very nice, but they didn't end up taking it. Yeah, imagine that. Two Moroccan footballers living together in a townhouse in Leamington Spa. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, the only only sort of North African footballer from that sort of time period that I can really remember with any confidence is Hossam Ghali. Of course, yeah. I do. Like the Spurs. Spurs. And also Mido. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Spurs signed him with Mido. Um, and he just ended up being crap. Mido sounds I mean, like a Pokemon, like one that's at yeah. like a low stage before it becomes like yeah. Mido Saurus. First, it's just Mido. Imagine, imagine if he was an expert in his career and he was a Mido file. Mido, Mido, Mido. Uh, I don't have anything else, mate. Uh, shall we? Do you have anything, or shall we end on a fitting note of Mido? 
yeah, no, I don't, I don't have anything else. I mean, uh, all I had to bring to this party was the uh, the death of a ninety four year old dirty man or eighty seven year old man. Yeah, One yeah, debatable. One or the other. But yeah, no, no, nothing else, mate. This week, um, I've got some other bits and bobs, but I'll save that for a little bonus bumper edition. But we'll we'll do we'll do it again. All right, sweet. Awesome, and Mido, hope you're doing well. Probably coaching, yeah. probably managing Zamalek or something. At this yeah, point. or on Egyptian yeah. state TV, do it as a pundit. For the World Cup, yeah. Yeah, could All be. All the best. All right, yeah, take it easy, Mido. And, uh, see you later, Luke. Bye. Yeah, see ya.